This is the Teacher Mindset Coach Podcast, episode number 54. Hey teachers, welcome to the podcast where we do the hard work to uplevel ourselves and have fun along the way. I'm your host, Ashley Wolf, and I'm here to help you rock your world with mindset stories, strategies, and skills that you've probably never been taught before. Let's do the damn thing. Hello, teachers. Gosh, it feels like forever since I've recorded a podcast um, because the last two episodes have been like an interview that I had. Episode 52 was an interview with a uh, third grade teacher turned life coach. Go listen to that if you um, are open to that. And then the last one, episode 53, was my webinar recording for my peace of mind in under a minute webinar. So it is really good to be back at the microphone. And um, there's been so much on my mind about requirements, teacher requirements, that that's going to be the topic of my podcast episode today. So requirements, there's going to be two categories of requirements, maybe three. Okay, so let's, let's establish three requirement categories. Number one, And I think the one that we dismiss the most as teachers, and you could be different, but this is just kind of what I'm noticing. The first category of requirements is what we are required to do by law. Okay, so this is like the standards that you're required to uh, teach. In Texas, they're called the TEKS. Or if you're like this one weird lady at this uh, district professional development that I had years ago, she called them the TENS. And I was like, what? And she goes, well, in the word knowledge, the K is actually not pronounced. So it's technically not the teaks, it's the tens. And I was like, okay. (laughs) And then, um, you know, I haven't forgot it ever since. So there you go. So we have category number one, which I think we are aware to some degree about, you know, the standards we have to teach by law. What do we have to teach? And then there's the requirements that um, the second category placed on us by uh, probably district level, administration, campus level. So what I like to draw my attention to, to remind myself, like, this isn't just to make life hard, um, is like your campus handbook, like your employee handbook that is written and should be established. And usually it's very much like procedural, like what to do when you want to take a personal day. Um, those are going to be requirements that are in a different category, but you know, in a same, in the same kind of level, like just as important as your state requirements. Um, this comes with your contract, you know, what you're contractually obligated to do. And then there's the third category of requirements that all of a sudden becomes way more dramatic because we pay attention to these so much more. They're in our face so much more on the daily. And it's like the social, and I'm not talking social media. It's like the the inner workings of the human connection requirements of a teacher. For example, and this is just, you know, this is just a really generalized example of the almost 20 years that I've had in this profession. 
Well, if you want to be prepared, okay, and you could be saying this to yourself or you could be hearing this from coworkers or whatever. If you want to be prepared, dot, 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 sentence not finished. And the underlying message that we all of a sudden think is a requirement is this. If you want to be prepared, you'll do as much work as you can after school hours or on your weekends or on your evenings in order to be prepared. Okay, this is a real, this really gets us. And here's one of the reasons why. We don't want to be left out of the group. It's like a social um, survivalistic need to be accepted and to belong and especially my first year teachers or my new teachers. I mean, you could be a 20 year teacher and new to a grade level or campus and go through the same motions that you went through psychologically and mentally that you did when you were a first year teacher. You want to be accepted. You want to belong. And so you do the things on your to-do list in order to try to feel this belonging. If you've been following me for a while, you'll know that I will interject here and I will say, let's remember if belonging is a feeling, an emotion that we experience inside our own bodies, right? Like we don't find belonging in our teacher mailbox, open up the envelope, and then we have it. It is not the golden ticket that we find in the Wonka bar. We create belonging inside ourselves. How? With what we believe and think. Beliefs are going to be in general, like an overarching belief, like life is good, is just a belief. It's a thought I have thought over and over and many of you, I'm so glad, are with me on this. A thought can be very much focused in on a moment, okay? So like when I'm teaching this to my clients, like beliefs are generalized thoughts that we have practiced so much that we just think they're true. A lot of them serve us, some of them don't. A thought is going to be more focused in on a moment or particular situation or particular circumstance. So when we are trying to create belonging, we think if we're not really aware of this um, kind of teaching that I do is um, we have to create belonging in ourselves. And as a first year librarian, uh, campus servant a few years ago, when I all of a sudden I was not on a team, like everyone was my team, I really had to get out of my victimhood of like, nobody asked me to lunch. And it's like, oh, wait a second. I can feel like I belong even if nobody asks me to go out to lunch. I do not have to indulge in this victimhood of nobody likes me, but everyone likes me. You know, like I would get real wrapped up in this story. And then you know what that allowed me to do? It allowed me to just ask people like, hey, where are you going to lunch? And I wouldn't make it a thing about like, nobody asked me to go out to lunch, so that must mean everyone must hate me. No, 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 no. I almost did for a while and I caught myself and I knew I did not want to do that to myself. So I just went ahead and asked like, hey, if y'all are ever going out to lunch, would you mind including me? Um, I would really love to be with y'all for lunch. I got over myself and over my drama and just did 
what I wanted to do instead. Now, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself here, as I typically do. So requirements, focus wolf, requirements, when we want to belong, we all of a sudden start making things that are maybe not required into requirements. And then no wonder we get burnout, we get uh, frustrated, we feel anxious. The word that I'm hearing a lot from the young people, overstimulated, it can all come. But if we examine what we are telling ourselves is required, when we really truly take a look at what's required and what's not, we can start using our higher brain, that prefrontal cortex, out of the moment of drama, and we can make better decisions. Here's an example. Here's an example. I'm really fired up about this right now. Your planning time, y'all. Okay, in the state of Texas, if you are a teacher in the state of Texas, and if planning time and the subject of planning time is becoming more and more of a hot topic, I encourage you to go looking for the facts. So earlier, what I did to go looking for the facts was I I just searched um, legal requirements, state of Texas teacher planning time. And I got a document from TASB, T-A-S-B. And I was so pleased to find in plain writing, Teachers in Texas over a two-week period are afforded legally 450 minutes of planning time to be used for instructional planning purposes. Now, I'm not reading this from the document, so please refer to the document. I am not a lawyer or any kind of legal counsel, so you have to understand, like, educating yourself and then talking to your human resources side of your district, that's what they're there for, okay? You've got to be so crystal clear on your requirements, and this is just one example. So educate yourself on your state, even if you're in the state of Texas, like don't take my word for it, go educate yourself. So in the state of Texas, what I read on the document, over a two-week time frame, 450 minutes. So over 10 instructional days, that's 45 minutes a day. For instructional planning, uh, parent teacher conferences and preparing, you know, they give they give three clear examples. And then they go on to state some non-examples, some examples of when uh, trainings were held during teacher plan time and that is not okay. Like if you're going to have a training on how to have a parent teacher conference, it cannot be be required during a teacher's planning time. But parent teacher conferences are a good way to use planning time. So I just want to empower you. I want to empower you on what the requirements actually are. I think it's super important for us to know the facts Because then you know what you can do so much better when you know the facts, when you're like crystal clear, solid on what the state of Texas allows for you as a teacher to have as far as planning period goes. When you know your rights, you know what's easier? Standing up for yourself. Saying no. Because when you say no to, okay, let's say... Oh, I don't know. There's a, 
awards, a, there's an awards ceremony. Okay, let's just make something up. There's an awards ceremony for the six weeks during your planning time. You know who's in charge of the kids during your planning time? The, te- the specials teachers. And you know what is okay for you to say no to during your planning time if it is so scheduled? The school play, the award ceremony, the pep rally. The, I mean, just name it. If it's not one of those categories that the state of Texas uh, lays out, then you are now empowered with the knowledge to say yes or no. It is so much better than guessing if it's a requirement or not, because that takes you completely out of your empowerment. And, you know, it goes back to the saying, like, knowledge is power. If you have knowledge of the law, and what your state requires your districts to provide to you as uninterrupted planning time for these two or three activities that teachers are afforded to do, then you need to know. And here's what you also need to know, friends, because this was kind of an eye-opener for me. Your planning period cannot be for personal pursuits. I cannot go to the bank on my planning period because that is on-duty time. There's a whole conversation that needs to be had, and it's all about the facts. It's all about what is required. And the more teachers know, the more they can empower themselves. And y'all, I believe with my whole heart that empowered teachers make the greatest impact in the world. I have just realized this over the last week, that this is what I am creating. This is the world that I'm creating for myself and I'm inviting you in. And one of the ways that you can become an empowered teacher and one of the ways that I will teach you how to become more empowered, no matter how many years of service you have, is to know the facts, know the law, and and know that this story of like they're against me does not serve you. Because what do we do? Whenever we say, well, they're against me, do we go searching for the law and how we are actually, you know, given 450 minutes over a two-week period? Most likely not, because when a teacher or when a person is believing that they are against us, we are not going to go researching for our benefit of what is owed to us. So coming from a place of empowerment, we can say, Yeah, I know that there's an awards assembly. I know it would really look good or whatever the story is for me to show up for my kids. However, I'm not going to stay an extra 45 minutes after school. I'm going to use my 45 minutes that I'm afforded right now to get my work done. The specials teachers are in charge of my students. I know that they're safe because they're with specials teachers like every day at this time. And I am choosing my planning time. I'm choosing myself because you know what? When I choose my planning time and I choose myself, I'm actually choosing my students as well. And you know, it is going to be uncomfortable (laughs) either way. You say yes to the awards assembly and you sit there and you're uncomfortable for that whole 45 minutes because you're like, shit, man, I, I could have been doing so much. Or the momentary discomfort of saying to a, a coworker, or to, dare I say, an administrator, I'm owed my planning time. I need my planning time. This is what I need for, for planning purposes. 
The specials teachers are in charge. I'm sorry, but I'm not going to attend. Discomfort either way. But I'm telling you, the discomfort that you will have to live through when you stand up for yourself and your planning time and your students is going to be so much more empowering. Like that discomfort is empowering and it's so fleeting because the discomfort of you saying yes and doing what you're told and showing up to the awards assembly during your planning time, it's going to be harder and harder and harder for you to, and you know, this is part of the story. Like this might not be true. I'm just kind of catching myself here. Um, It might be harder for you to walk away after years of saying yes to the awards assembly. Or one day you might just be like, no, I am not going, (laughs) you know, I mean, I don't know what the story will be for you, but whether you say no right now or no in the future, there's going to be discomfort. And what I think empowered teachers do is they are like, Yes, I'm going to be uncomfortable for about five minutes when I'm sticking up for myself and I'm going to wonder what they're thinking of me, but I'm sticking up for myself and my students at the same time and I'm getting things done and I'm not setting myself up for burnout and failure and complaining about how late I'm staying at school. So if you decide to stick up for yourself out of a place of empowerment, because this is what your job is, you're, you're working for your students, it will be so much more sustainable for you than trying to please people, just doing what you're told because you have maybe not educated yourself on what the requirements are. And um, I think this is where we really can turn the tides from going from, you know, empty, saying yes, being scared if they catch you blank doing your job, not blank, but catch you in quotes, doing your job. Like that's the, that's the story that we have to get out of. What if you are actually cultivating an immense amount of respect, an immense amount of healthy boundaries for you by saying no and feeling discomfort in the moment, no to the pep rally, no to the awards assembly, no to the, I don't know, firefighter visit during your plan time. If the specials teachers are in charge, then that is their charge. So I just know that this place of empowerment will grow and grow and grow. And guess what? You can be the example You can be the leader who is silently showing how to empower yourself so that you can be less likely to burn out because you're saying no in the moment, you're establishing a boundary, and this will spill over into your personal life, friend. It really will. Now, of course, the state of Texas or the state that you teach in doesn't have laws uh, on our personal life. Just knowing what is required versus what is, you know, socially more acceptable than saying no. Like this is just a conversation to have with yourself and using planning time and that sacred time for you to work that is given to us, standing up to those who are trying to, you know, inadvertently take it away. Like I don't think they're trying to do this out of spite or meanness. 
but you can also decide that you're not going to let it happen anymore and you have your state law backing you up on it. And I mean, how empowering is that that you just know that? So I started this episode with like three categories. <laughs> you know, the law, what is required by law, what's required by your district or your campus, your admin. Those two are kind of one and the same. And then there's this social requirement of like, okay, well, if I just do this, then I'll belong. Pause yourself there and really question that. And the way you become aware is it is really tapping into how you feel. When you feel a sense of empowerment because you're standing up for your planning time, because you know that the state of wherever you live, the state of Texas for me, is uh, affording it to you. It's like, okay, well, I'm not going to argue with the state of Texas and that I need to have 45 minutes a day. Um, if my administrator doesn't want that for me, then they can argue with the state of Texas. Like that is what human resources is for. And I know this is like, seems to be like a hot and heavy episode, but y'all, we can no longer be victims if we know this information. And I'm not saying that anybody is out there to harm teachers or victimize teachers because I don't, I don't tell myself that story anymore. I am trying to empower you with the permission to educate yourself and empower yourself. And it goes back to what I believe. I believe that empowered teachers make the greatest impact in the world. If it's, if it means momentary discomfort from saying no to the award assembly or saying no to the clown show during your presentation, during your planning time, then so be it. The sustainable empowerment of us rising up as leaders of ourself to be examples of leaders on our team, on our campus, and in our state, more empowered teachers are needed in order to turn the tides. The tides don't exist. The tides inside you, you can be turning those tides like right now. And empowerment is one of the best ways because in the end, when teachers stand up for themselves as a professional, you know who benefits the most? Your students do. And I believe that with my whole heart. However, that's a residual effect of the work that I want to do with you. I want to empower teachers because I know that the, the carryover to your students is inevitable. It's going to happen anyway. That's why my focus is on teachers like you. So just notice if you want to write this down on a post-it note, like required by law, required by campus or boss, and then social requirements. Because remember, your team lead cannot require you to do anything outside of those campus, district, or state requirements. And if it's a social like, well, you know, we're going to talk bad about you if you don't show up to the clown show, let them talk bad about you. Let them do it while you go get work done and get the hell out of school <laughs> at 345 or whenever your contract ends. As they sit there and work themselves till 7 p.m. on a Thursday and then come back and complain about it the next day, do not put yourself in that position. It's a choice. And this is where I leave you. It's an inside job. And I am here to support you. So if you had a brain melt just now, talk to me. You guys know I'm here for you and I would love to just get to know you. So if you've been following me for a while, I mean, 
I would love to just know who you are. Get on my calendar. The link is in the show notes. And you guys have an incredible week. Go be empowered. This is my new rally cry. And I freaking love it. All right, y'all. Do great things. Bye. Are you ready to cut your teaching stress in half? I know you are. It's time for me to show you how in just four sessions, 30 minutes per week with me, just you and me, sister or brother, and I will help you cut your teaching stress in half or your money back. It's a no brainer. Click that link that says cut your teaching stress in half and sign up today so that we can start working together to help you feel better. You will thank yourself for it. See you there.